Okay. So I have been <clears throat> battling, you know, what it is I'm really going through and how much of it is true and what that actually means as far as how much I do know Jesus or have known Jesus. One thing that has been revealed to me is that, you know, I definitely need to question, excuse me, I definitely need to question how much I feel like I've known Jesus before this. The fact of the matter is, you know, we let her believe we know Jesus when we just don't. Uh, the Bible says, you know, you will, on Judgment Day, you will stand before the Father and he will say to you, I have never known you. Depart from me. I do not know you. And that's so scary because, like, we think we know God. We think we're doing enough. We think we're praying to God. We think we're where we're supposed to be. And you never know. You do, but you don't ever know when you will hear that from him. Because it's not by your goodness. It's by his. So you shouldn't have to worry about it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you cannot make efforts every day. And if you are not seeing results, you are not making efforts. And you can start to see results, but those results die out because you slip back into whatever it is that you were doing. Or you allow this fight to take you out. And he will still say, I do not know you. Because he doesn't anymore. He doesn't know you anymore. And it happens, you know, just like. We will say to somebody who's changed, I don't know you anymore. God will say, I don't know you anymore when you let your relationship with him wither away. God showed me the scripture, a fool returns to his vomit like a soul returns to wallow in the mire. And that made me feel like, you know, I I hate every time I read that scripture because I said to myself, like, you know, calling yourself a soul is like these days when girls out in the club and be like, I'm a bad B. And you call yourself a B. Or you call yourself an H. Or you call yourself a thought. Anything like that, you know, that's kind of like what it feels like when you call yourself a soul. That's, a soul does not mean that, but pretty much. Back in those days, a soul was a woman who just didn't have much respect for herself. She was dirty and she was, she was a lot of times very down on herself, like allowing herself to be in places and environments, you know, in garments and a lot of different things that weren't fitting of a lady, that weren't fitting of a woman, or that a woman should not be, you know. It was not, it's not good. Like, a soul pretty much just means, like, you are just kind of, like, hanging out and hanging all around, you know, not in a respectable manner. Not in the way you dress, not in the way you carry yourself, 
you're dirty, you're just on corners, you're like around a bunch of disrespectful men who don't show you no respect, around disrespectful people who don't show you no respect, you're not showing yourself no respect. That's a so. I looked it up. But, you know, <clears throat> so I, every time I see that scripture, I kind of wince a little bit and I cry a little bit inside. So I say to myself, is God calling me a soul? Is that what he's calling me? And he will call you that. That's what it takes to get to know who God truly is. He is the truth. He'll say it to your face. And what can you say? Because you know what he said is true. Can't nobody else be more true or be more, you know, honest or be more right about it. So it's, I cry a little bit inside because I say to myself, God, I know you would be right if you said that, but please don't call me a soul. Because I know, even though I feel like a lot of times I'm not treating myself the way I should be treated or I'm hanging out in different environments I probably shouldn't be in, a lot of times I am subjecting myself to the potential of being one. I'm not one, and that's not who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a woman of God and you. So please don't call me that. And please don't, you know, see me as that. And I can't beg God to not see me as something I am. That's just who I am. The only thing I can do is to ask him to make me something different. So I see that. And I realize with that mindset, I can never be a soul. You know? Because even if you are one, if you ever plan on not being one, if your ambition is to be better, if your ambition is to be, I hate to say a Proverbs 31 woman or like Ruth, you know, or like, you know, these women in the Bible, because, excuse me, one thing that is very effective when considering women in the Bible is to consider the bible men and women alike they are real life situations we all make mistakes and if there were ever a bible made today a lot of our situations would be in it and the fact of the matter is all of our situations are in the bible you just have to you know be asking god for understanding when you're reading and he will definitely point out the different things that these characters in the bible have gone through that you're going through right now a lot of us, we say to ourselves, what? What they are going through, like, you know, that's old. That's It's not like that no more. We don't do stuff like that. Things have changed. It's a new world. You know, I cannot apply that to my life now, you know? And you're not paying attention to the overall understanding of the situation. You're paying attention to the smaller details that can be, you know, fit it, add it, or, you know, you can, you can be provided a better understanding on. One thing that hurts me so much is like when I want to do that, and I do do that, I apply it to my life, and I do my best to allow myself to see myself in these, you know, learn from their their stories because that's what the bible is for it's a doctrine you're supposed to be learning from these things when i see these things and i recognize the position that 
you know, God, you know, place women in. Like, I get so upset because I say to myself, God, I know that my parents and my a lot of my family have not been married. I don't come from that. I don't see that a lot. Sometimes I don't think I'll ever know what it's like to be married or what it consists of to be a married woman. And a lot of times I see married women and I hear them and they talk to me and they tell me and they kind of are saying like, you know, with that attitude, you won't be married. And every time they say that, I hate it and I hate marriage. I don't care. If that's what it takes, you got to be, you know, that to a man. I'm not going to be married then. Like, he'd be lucky to have me, not the other way around. And a lot of times, he's still lucky to have you and still act like that. Oh, no. And he get away with that, and I don't because I'm a woman? What? And God can't possibly agree with that. That can't possibly be justice. When I see this kind of stuff, I get so mad, but I say to myself, you know what? I can't get down. I can't lose hope. If I can hope in God, hope that God is still true, still justice, still loving, still graceful, still merciful, still who he is, despite how I feel about these scriptures and these different things. If I can hope that he's going to bring me to a better understanding and that even I can be the kind of woman in God I'm meant to be, despite how totally against I am the way that women are treated in this Bible and back in those days and still today in certain areas, then I can hope that there is a husband or a situation. I don't want to call it a situation, not a situation, but a marriage, a kingdom marriage that is out here for me that I will thrive in. He'll love me how I'm supposed to be loved. I'll love him how he's supposed to be loved. Everything can work out how I intended it to. And I won't be settling how God intended it to. Did I say I? How God intended it to. And I won't be settling and it will be exactly what God wants for me. And I'll be happy. It'll be exactly what I want in my heart deep down. Not Even the stuff I'm not admitting. God told me that's possible. He said, of course it's possible, you know. No, you can never say anything is everything. Meaning, if you say there is no good marriages that are truly of God and people are really happy in and can remain happy until they die and really are intending to die together, there, there are no situations that exist like that. You can never say that about anything. There's Every situation is different. There's always... You know, that, which is what I used to say about, you know, someone being exactly where they need to be with God. There's always somebody out here who is exactly where they need to be with God, which is why I always have to strive to be better. No matter how far I've gone, I still have so far far to go. You know, I can't be perfect, but, you know, I can, you know, be as much like Jesus as possible. So I will always say that when it comes to being better. And I will say to myself, God, I know I'm so far from that person that you are looking at and looking down on. Because you know everybody in their hearts that is doing everything you want them to do. You look down on them. You say, I'm very proud of you. 
I am very pleased with everything that you do for me in the kingdom of God. You are very generous. You're selfless. You're faithful. You are, you know, loyal. You're strong. You're dedicated. You are absolutely sure of who I am. You don't question me at all. And the devil cannot play with you. When it comes to me, I'm proud of you. I say there's somebody out here who does that faithfully every day. And they don't they don't wither. They don't fade. And yes, they battle too. They battle with exactly what I battle with. Except for they stay faithful. They stay strong. And they keep their feet planted in God. I can't be like that. I can get closer and closer to that every day. And practice makes perfect. And if I have this many days by to a certain extent, depending on how much work I'm putting in and never giving up, one day I can be as close as I could possibly get. And I tell myself that. But I also say to myself, there's somebody out here who's doing that. And it's not that I am covetous of their life or comparing anything. It's just that I know God sees them. And he's proud of them. I want him to be I want him to be proud of me like that. I want him to see me. You know? I'm fighting hard to be seen by him. Look at me, God. Look. Look at what I'm doing. Look at how I'm trying. And not in a I'm only doing this to be seen kind of way. I'm doing this for real because I want it. Whether I'm seen or not. But do you see me though? Kind of way. And you know. So many times I came to God, I said to God, like, you know, God, I know there's somebody out here like that, and I could probably never hold a torch to what they're doing every day for your kingdom and for you and who they are. But God, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep trying to be made perfect and better. And little by little, inch by inch, progress. You know, whether I'm crawling or walking or running, I'm getting closer to that, to the best me. I don't have to be them or what they're doing, but the best me and you. And God said to me, you'll be surprised where you really stand with me. And you'd be surprised, you know, how many people really aren't in that level. Because I remember saying that to him and him saying to me kind of like, you know, how far behind do you really feel that you are? And I said to myself, I must be somewhere like way off, way far, so far away from you. I can never imagine where. But like I could just imagine how it's just so like crowds and thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people. Not millions, but hundreds of thousands of people who are like, you know, there and getting closer every day. And I'm way in the back in my sin. And like, I can only dream or imagine, you know, being brought up like how they were brought up, having the, you know, opportunities and resources that they were provided in life and 
being as faithful anyways like besides opportunities resources or where you were brought up by just who you're who they are their dedication to you every day never fading and really being that and having that like it's just um i can only dream of you know ever being that close to you it's not about them it's not about comparing my lives to them it's about where i know i should be and where I'm not. And God always said to me, you know, I see where you're at and you're thinking and it's not what you think. A lot of these people that you feel like are where they are supposed to be with me or where they need to be good and faithful, doing everything they're supposed to do. Like they look like it. They just look like it. That's it. They are not that. They are not actually putting that work you may not look like it, but you are applying my word to your life. Every day you're here, you know, trying to be in the presence of me. Every day you are here praying, applying my word, reading my word every day. A lot of these people, you only see them in church on Sunday, even though they've never missed a Sunday. That is just Sunday. Every day, every other day of the week. They are full of sin. They are worse than you could ever imagine. You're here every day in your Bible. Reading. You know. You're much further than you think you are with me. Trust me. And when you said that. I was like. I believe you God. But I just feel like you're being as gracious and merciful as you, already are, as you always are. You don't want me to truly accept how far away from you I really am. How far I'll probably always be. No matter how hard I try. But that's okay. Because I'm still not going to stop trying. And you know. That's just how I felt. Not that I feel like God is a liar. I just felt that he was protecting my feelings. But that's not what he was protecting my feelings on. That's how good and great God is. He wasn't protecting my feelings. On how far I always be from him. Or how. You know, I'll probably never be where I intend to be with him. He was protecting my feelings on how many people out here that I believe is close to him or that I believe is where they should be with him or that I believe is, you know, the way they should be or good people or definitely got that spot in heaven and never budging because this is their lifestyle. They're dedicated. That are really not what I think they are. How bad it really looks. And how unfaithful people really are. When they think no one is looking. How they only do this for a show. And how the bad people who I think is just bad. Don't read their Bible. Don't try. Aren't as bad as I think they are. The good people that I see trying. At church every Sunday. Praise God. Is it. All they talk about, they really are horrible. The nightmares connected to that, the horrors connected to that, and what they really do behind what nobody else is watching as opposed to who they look like. The many faces of men, that is what he was protecting my feelings about. He said, you have not seen what I've seen. You don't know what I know. I'm not saying 
because I would get uh, hurt and I would say, you know, God, I know you're just protecting my feelings. That's what you're supposed to do. You're God. So, you know, don't mind me for crying. (laughs) Though really just crying when it comes to where I should be with you and how I'll probably never be there. No matter how hard I try, but I'll still hope for it and work for it, even if I never get it. And then I will feel him protecting my feelings and I'll say, yeah, I know you're protecting my feelings because you don't want me to know how worse off I really am. And he'll tell me how where I'm really at. And I'll be like, I know you're still protecting my feelings. Or I'll say, you know... <clears throat> I get it. It's bad. It's really bad. Because if it's that bad that you can say all of that and you still won't tell me whatever else it is that you're really wanting to say. Because God does not lie. But he may just not say it at the time because it's not the time. And he didn't say it. I'm like, alright, so it really must be bad because you can say that. And that was real and that was hurtful and that was sobering. But you won't say whatever else on your heart like that would like really like that would really kill me inside. Excuse me. But it would motivate me to be better. And God would say, No, it's not that. It's not what you think. And then he would have to eventually tell me what it was. He didn't have to, but he eventually will because he know my mind would just venture off into all these different places. Of man, how bad really am I? Or how bad really is this? Or where really do I sit? Or where, you know, how bad does this get? I have so many different... My imagination is running running wild on so many different situations I can end up in. Compared to where I'm at, this can get so bad. I'm panicking. God knows our hearts. He knows everything is in our hearts. Even if we think a million thoughts a second... For a millisecond, he catches them all. He catches all of them. So he knows my heart is venturing off. And he's just like calming me. He's just like, you know, it's not what you think. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You just want to say that. You're going to say that. And he's like, no, it's the opposite. The people that you are feeling like where they should be. It's not like God's pretty much saying like, it's not you Whose heart is broken because of where you're not or where you should be. It's my whose heart is broken because of where everyone isn't and where everyone should be. Not many people look up to me as like you think. Like at that point, I'm just smitten. Far past smitten. Like it's an insult. I'm in love with God. I am taking, you know... Like, completely taken by God. Like, I know who God is. Like, this is God. You can't tell me anything. He gets everything. You know, all of that. Everything I used to put on celebrities. This is such and such. Do you know who this is? If I ever, you know, got to talk to such and such. Or if I ever got in the presence of such and such. You know, what? do you know what I would say? Do you know what I would do? And, like, this is God. That's how I feel about him now. Except 10 times whatever it is I felt about any person. Because he's perfect and he's God. 
So that's what I that's how I feel about him now. And you know how I'm feeling about him. He finally tells me like that's not how people feel, and I'm clearly in a place where I can hear that because maybe at one point I would have heard that and said well, maybe I shouldn't then. But I was in a place where he had instilled enough in me that I was able to not be a follower. And I was able to stand on what I felt and what I knew and what had been revealed to me and him. You know, despite how it looked and what everybody else was doing. It was a time in my life where no matter what I knew, if somebody else came around who believed it a little more or just had a little bit more, you know whatever to put on what they believed it don't matter what I know I believe what you believe even if it's just a little more nobody should ever be able to change what you know it don't matter if you don't know nothing they probably don't either it's what you know they should never be able to change that just by coming around you and you know Believing it more. You got to believe what you believe. Somebody believe something more. And it can beat you. And that's crazy to me. Because. I don't believe. You know. I could believe God more. And I fight for it every day. Every day I'm like no. I want to believe him more than any and everything. I want to believe him the most. I want to believe him so much. I don't care what could ever come about or whatever would exist. He's everything. He's like nothing could ever, you know, hinder or take away from what I believe in him. That's why I want to believe in God. I want to believe in God so much that nobody can come around and say, hey, have you seen this? You know, you so caught up in that that you missing out on this and you just look dumb. Like you don't really want to learn nothing or that it's not something you could learn or that you're just so caught up. Your all your eggs in one basket and you got to lose all of them. I never want that. And God is definitely, you know. The one person you could put all your eggs in one basket for. But the biggest debate is how true that is. So, when I feel like, you know, people will question that. I would be so, I want everything. I want in my whole heart. Everything in me. Just want to... believe God more than anything I ever believed because I know once I get to that point you know I'm exactly where I need to be for the rest of eternity once I believe him more than anything even my own name I know my name or the reflection in the mirror I know what I look like or what I feel like I know about myself I know all that can't nobody tell me that once I believe in God more than that, where God can say, that ain't even your name. They ain't even how you look. That ain't even who you are. 
You don't even know that. That ain't even your mama. That ain't even your daddy. You know who your mama is. You know who your daddy is or vice versa, whatever, for however it fits to whoever. No offense to anybody. But things you know nobody can ever tell you. God can come and say, this is that. And you got to believe in him more. And it don't matter how much you know something. You know him or excuse me, you know he knows it more. And to know him is to go where he says go. And it doesn't matter if you toss around like a feather. You know that you know that's better too than whatever else you was doing. If you was a rock and God told you to be a feather. And guess what? That feather was blue into a new life, into peace, into love. And into exactly where a feather is, you know, existing in a feather's habitat. Or, you know, but instead you was a rock. And you was weathering many storms. But you was never anywhere you belonged. I want to be that feather if God told me to be that. And I want to believe I can be. How does a feather, how does a rock turn into a feather or a feather turn into a rock? Only by God's grace. I want to believe him that much. No matter what I'm going through. No matter what I am. I want to always know who he is and always will be. That's how much I want to believe God. And I don't want nobody getting in the way of that. Matter of fact, fight me for it. (laughs) For real, fight me for it. You're in the way. I love him, and I'm already in my own way. So, God is teaching me how to fight about that. Because there's a lot of people who want to fight me for it. But I got to fight the right way. And the way that I fight is by choosing him, even in that fight. Don't fight how you think you're supposed to fight. Fight how I tell you how to fight. No matter what you think you know. If I tell you to be a feather against a rock, that's what you better do. Let them smash smash or crush you, if that's what I say to. If I tell you to be a rock against a feather, that's what you better do. Crush them. It's not always what you think it is. Trust me enough. Believe in me enough to go whichever way I tell you to go. Stay wherever I tell you to stay. Sit wherever I tell you to sit just because I told you to do that. Don't question it. Know it's right. Have enough confidence that anybody can be sent with with whatever logic or whatever rationality. And it would never change the decision you made. Because you know what you're doing. You're sure. That's what I want to do in God. And only God. And only what he tells me to do. Only who he chooses. Because Satan wants that a lot. Satan wants that so much. So the more I fight to be that with God, the more Satan says, No, I want that. 
I see how loyal they are to you. I see how faithful they are to you. I see how much they want to believe in you. I want them to believe on me like that. I want that kind of, you know, undying, unconditional love. I want that. You see them changing everything for you, everything they believe, breaking down and being rebuilt back up. They would never have done that before. I can't get them to do nothing like that. I want that. And when I see Satan acting like that, some Nimi used to get scared. I used to say, God, don't let him, don't let him, you know, lie to me and get me to do that for him instead. God, don't let him take me from you. Don't let him, God, please. And God will always tell me, do not fear him. Fear will be the only thing he had out of it. He's never going to get you. Do not let him fear. Do not fear him. Do not. He fears you more than you fear him. Because you are of me. And you are with me. And you choose me. He fears you more. Trust me. That's part of your belief in me. And that will be sometimes the hardest part. Like God trusts you and I believe in you so much. But Satan. He can be so scary. Because sometimes. He shows up and he does things. And then I look back and I say, you know, I almost did that. And then I look at you and then I have to apologize and repent for things I have done or I've almost done. And I don't want to hurt you like that, God. It's not fair that I hurt you like that. And God says, don't worry, you know, just don't give up on me because I won't give up on you. And I get so afraid because I say to myself, God, how can you be so passive? You know, he's not passive. God is perfect. But I say, God, how can you let him come and take me? How can you let him come and lie to me? How can you let him come and deceive me and entice me, you know, away from you? Fight for me or beat him up. You always win, right? Just get him out of here. But God said, this is a test for you. This is something that you need in order to be with me unconditionally and never be able to be enticed away from me or deceived out of my presence. This is something that you need to go through to be made who you want me to make you who you want to be in me. This is the answer to your prayers. It takes work. You have to put in that work. It can't just happen. I love God so much. I really do because even knowing that it's you, you know, he will still take 100% of responsibility for you and everything that you do, despite what Satan says about you. Oh, I pulled them away. You know what they said about you? You know what they did behind your back? Do you know? You can never do anything behind God's back, mind you. But do you know what they did when they thought you weren't there or not looking or just decided to not care? They cursed you. They cursed your name. They don't care. I got them to do that. And God is like, and I want everything that comes with them. And I love them anyways. And I accept them exactly for who they are and everything that it was they did. Yep, I know exactly what they did. I love them anyways. I still want them. 
He's teaching me how to be like that. It's hard and it's scary. Because people will see that you are doing that and they will say, perfect opportunity to keep doing whatever I feel like doing and keep stepping all over them and kicking them around because they ain't never going to be able to change. And they always going to be right there waiting like, hey, open arms. So I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, everything else first, and I'll come back when I feel like it, when I'm tired. And even then, I'll probably leave again and go do whatever. And I said, that's exactly how I treat God. Ain't that what I deserve? It all come back around. But that's not why God, God doesn't just want that to happen to you. God is who he is. He didn't want you to ever do him like that. You know, he tried to keep you from doing that. He saw you getting played the whole time. He tried to help you because he didn't ever play you. But when I see myself getting done like that, I say I deserve it. And God say, no, you don't. I don't care if you did me like that. Yeah, you did. You still don't deserve that. So, no, I didn't deserve it either. Nope. We know our worth over here. I love you. And I want you to know what love truly is so that you can love me. I want to know what love is because I still don't always know what love is. I know what love is because of who God is. But I don't know how to love really because if I knew how to really love, I wouldn't do God the way I do God. Which means God is like, you know, you haven't worked for this. There's other people who've worked so hard for this and put in the work for all of that. And they've been waiting for this, but I'm going to give it to you. And I will play over it. Not even appreciate it, be ungrateful, and turn my back on them certain times. Then it's like, God is like, you deserve this love. You need it. And I just be like, what do you love me for? And laugh or play over it. Like, God would be like, I want to show you what love is. And I'll be like, who needs love? You know, like, <laughs> I'm not a horrible person, but this is just who we are as human. We do this kind of stuff. And we think we're giving God all that we got. Some people say, not me. I don't do that. You might even be right. But, yeah, you still do. You do that. When you're not perfect, when you make mistakes, that's pretty much that. And I hate to say it because you said, what? So you tell me any mistake I've ever made is, is not is telling God I don't love him or playing over God's love. Yes. Yes. Any mistake you've ever made, whether that be a lie or a cheat or whatever you've done, that's playing over God's love for you. Yes. He told you what to do. He told you how to be. He told you where to go. You played over his love for you. And you went where you felt like going. That's not real love. Let's read what love is. <laughs> because that pretty much just sums it up. And then I'll just. <sighs> I will. In this, first Corinthians.
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, New International Version. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, meaning I want to be my own God. I want to do this myself, even though I know what he told me to do. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. We do that too much. Love does not delight in evil, but but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So that means when he tells you to do something, you trust that he knows what he's telling you to do and that just do it. That means no mistakes ever because he's always telling you where to go. Love never fails. I'm not saying that automatically you're never going to make any mistakes. What I'm saying is that when you make mistakes, that is not, you know, true love. It's not true love. True love is what God does after you make your mistakes. But true love is not making them. You know, you will make mistakes. God will love you anyways. But the true love is the love he provides, regardless of your mistakes. When you make those mistakes, that's not love. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So what I'm saying, and just elaborate on that just really quick. You, when you make mistakes, you don't always intend to hurt anybody or doesn't mean that you stop loving someone. Excuse me, or God. But what I am saying is, once you decided to do whatever it is God told you not to do, you lacked two things. You lacked trust. And you were self-seeking. You dishonored him. You know, um, maybe you weren't patient when you made the decision. Maybe you were. You know, it depends. Did you envy someone else in order to decide on that mistake despite what God told you? You know, did you want to be boastful? Were you being proud? You know, were you angered or wanting to anger someone else or anger God? Were you keeping a record of wrongs, being unforgiving? Were you being kind? You know, did you delight in evil at the time? Like, yes, I know God loves me, so I can go do it. I can come right back. Because he'll be here. He'll always love me. That's evil. It's delighting in it. Were you rejoicing in the truth? With the truth? No, because he is the truth. To rejoice with him is to be obedient to what he told you to do. And just do it. Were you accepting that he is protecting you at all times? Were you being hopeful and how the situation will turn out despite how bad you want to do it 
compared to what he said to do? Were you trusting that you will persevere in your love for him? His love for you will always persevere no matter what you feel enticed to do or tempted to do. Were you 100% confident in that his love for you never fails? Which means he can never be wrong. He'll never steal you straight. Which means he's right. Which means don't make that mistake. Listen to him. These are the different things that, you know, you have to consider when you make a mistake. Which is why I say when we make mistakes and we don't just obey God, he's leading us in the direction and guiding us what we should do and what we know we should be doing. And sometimes we don't. We are not exhibiting real love. But he always is despite our mistakes because we're not perfect. 